Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf in this month's edition, talking about the books that I read in February, what I liked, what I didn't like, and kind of everything in between. Keep listening to find out what you should be adding to your reading list for the next month. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark. And each month I share with you the books that I've been reading and which ones I think you should be putting on your shelf because I have been doing the reading so you don't have to. If you have not tuned into the last couple of episodes and you are confused by that intro, it's because in 2023, doing a little experiment, mixing it up with the format and playing with a bit of a monthly, more of a review format for a while. So just um, see what feedback we get and see if that works and what people like, what people don't like. Uh, Yes, this is the second one, which is weird because it feels like I've been doing this for ages but it's still only number two for February. Uh, So on the first Tuesday of every month you'll get uh, an episode dropping into your podcast listening app if you have followed or subscribed which I obviously recommend you have or you do and these episodes will share what I read or listened to the previous month and the reviews the what I thought about those books. So February a little update for you so February the shortest month but despite this I managed to read four books Actually, I read three books and I listened to one book. Apparently, I read 1,330 pages. That's not quite true because I think all the page counts also cover you know, the resources and the notes, and the appendices and the acknowledgements and all of that stuff. So I don't know, maybe like a thousand pages, let's say, because um, one of the books I read had a lot of reference stuff at the back so and I didn't read all of those pages so anyway so somewhere over a thousand pages the average rating of the four books that I read was 3.75 a couple of solid books in there some really good ones and one that I didn't enjoy so much I'll be giving you all the juicy details shortly all non-fiction and according to my Storytale app, which is the thing I like to, or the app that I use to record what I've been, uh, what I've been reading, they were one of the books was fast-paced, and two of the books were medium-paced. So there we go. That is the stats you didn't know you needed, and probably didn't need, but there's the stats you were getting either way. All right, let's talk about the four books that I read in, say, in chronological order. It was Empire of Pain, which is the secret history of the Sackler dynasty, which is by Patrick Rudd and Keefe. That is the big book. So that was the 500 plus page one that I gave four stars to. The other books I read were Applied Creativity by an Aussie author, Christopher Sellers. That one I gave two and a half stars to. The other book was, the other hard copy book was Wicked Arts Assignments. That one I gave four stars to. I'll give a little bit of a inform- more information on that one shortly is why I didn't like fully read it, but it's a bit of a different style of book. And then the audio book I listened to was I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And that was fantastic. I gave that four and a half stars and I listened to that one on Audible. And I highly recommend if you are thinking about reading that book, if it's on your pile to also listen to it as well, if audiobooks are your thing. All right, so in that order, let's talk about the books in a little bit more detail. So let's first of all talk about Empire of Pain, which was Patrick Radden Keefe's book. So Patrick Radden Keefe is a investigative journalist. He's written for a lot of different publications. He's also written a number of books. If you've been following my things for a while, you may remember, I think it was back in 2021, Patrick Radden Keefe had a co-hosted or hosted a, a podcast, a short series podcast called Winds of Change, which was all about him trying to find out whether the song Winds of Change was actually in, came out in sort of 1980, was actually a CIA plant exercise in order to infiltrate 
the Iron Curtain of Russia with American culture type music. So that was one of my favourite podcasts that year. I loved it and I was really keen to read some of Patrick's books. But he has a bit of a habit of writing some quite long books. And as we know, I have struggled to read long books, which is part of the reason I've switched up the format and things this year of the podcast and things to give myself more time and flexibility to read such longer books. This is one of them, The Empire of Pain. It's all about the Sackler family's, I suppose, core role in the opium epidemic or the opioid crisis happening in the US and has been happening over the last kind of couple of decades and their central role to that. I didn't really know what to expect. So obviously I knew that it was going to expose, I suppose, although that's been it's been exposed prior to Patrick's books coming out. The, the the role that the Sackler family pay, played in the opioid crisis with their ownership of Purdue pharma- Pharmaceuticals and the fact that that was the people, they were the ones who owned the patent and, and invented OxyContin, which was one of the key drugs as part of the, the opioid crisis. What I maybe didn't expect so much was all the history that was going to come with it as well not really long history, but the history of the Sackler family, how they got to the wealth that they had from fairly humble beginnings sort of a couple of generations ago, and really, frankly, how the family got away with what they got away with, given the role they played in what is continues to happen in the US today. Really interesting, very, very well written, as you would imagine, and actually was a bit of a page turner. So whilst it's, you know, it's not kind of explosive or there's no car chases or anything like that, I found that I was really hooked, I suppose pun intended, and wanted to keep on reading to find out what the level of involvement was, the decisions they're making, some of the personalities behind it as well. And I think with books like this, you always have this element or this thing in the back of your mind where you think, oh, how much of this is kind of hearsay? But so many of the records of the conversations, of the emails, of some of the other things that happened exist in in the sort of, I suppose, semi-public domain that Patrick has had access to, plus the people he interviewed and things as well. You, you're reading it and thinking, wow, this this is it's pretty damning, but also it's quite quite scary in some ways that that uh, was allowed to happen for so long, and the the role of some certain regulators and certain politicians and government agencies and things as well in really being quite complicit in the in the challenges that have arisen as a result. So I won't tell you all of the book. <laughs> I've given you 500 pages worth of information there. Uh, but highly recommend reading it. If you like a bit of a true crime thing, especially a bit of a true you know, financial crime or business crime and that kind of thing, how that all links together and has a huge knock-on effect on society. Really, really interesting. So highly recommend, especially if you just like good journalistic writing or you're just looking for something different as well. Also, it'd be a fantastic book of a leadership what not to do, I'd say. So that was Empire of Pain, which is by Patrick Rudd Keefe. I gave that four stars. The next book I read was Applied Creativity by Christopher Sellers. Christopher is an Aussie author. This is his first book. I gave this one two and a half stars. A couple of things I quite liked about the book. Number one is, which is always music to my ears, that it re-emphasizes the point that is in many, many creativity books that creativity is not this innate thing that is only saved for certain special people. That isn't that is not the case. But it also makes this point that creativity is actually just not valued in the same way as other academic or lateral kind of skills are in many societies. 
And as a result, it means we kind of don't learn how to learn some of those more creative skills. And we're not able to then apply them to different situations. It makes the point that just because a dancer and an architect have creativity and can demonstrate creativity, it's not a, it's not a linear skill. So you can't expect a dancer to create or be able to design a brilliant building the same way as you can't expect an architect to be able to just suddenly burst out into amazing an amazing dance routine because creativity is not a single skill and therefore it can be practiced and it can be honed and it can be learned but not in the way that we try and teach the more kind of academic skills he also makes the point that the way that act creativity is often thought of as well is it just goes counter is counter to a lot of the ways we think of kind of good stuff that can be measured and can be replicated. And therefore, because a lot of creativity output can't be replicated, it's then very hard to measure. And in, certainly in organizations, that becomes a bit too hard, basically. So there's and there's a couple of really good examples of that. There's one particular example in the book that's used quite heavily, which is of a recruit into a certain organization where the this particular recruit used a very clever creative technique in order to pass the test, which no one else had done. So that example was used a lot and it was a, it's a good example of creativity. The things I didn't love about the book, which caused me to give it a two and a half star review or rating was that I found the book that a couple of things I found that the structure was a bit confused and as I was going through the book I found that it felt a little bit repetitive and the structure and the messages itself actually in some places felt a bit contradictory because it was saying that creativity is not this linear thinking thing which is fine and you know, agree with that but then at the same time it was almost trying to apply this linear approach to creativity and then in some places it seemed like it was saying creativity absolutely can be learned but then in some ways it was saying it, it can't but then at the back it gave these six I suppose elements or characteristics of creativity which felt a little bit flat I suppose compared to some other books on creativity and there's some fantastic books on creativity out there and I just didn't feel that this one matched up to some of those you may remember again if you've been listening for a while one of my favorite books especially which it also is from an Australian author Michael Dixon's Everyday Creative I just felt like that had a lot more to it and I think if you're writing a book about creativity the onus is really on you to make the book really creative <laughs> and I think for me this is this is one of the areas this one mixed, missed the mark is just kind of not nailing that creativity in terms of the actual content or ideas or or explanations I suppose but also the structure in the book itself I felt like it really could have really could have really come to life a lot more with some of the ideas and then maybe come across slightly less confused and confusing as a result. So that's my thought on that one. So that was Applied Creativity by Christopher Sellers. The third book was Wicked Arts Assignments, which I really loved. And this is one of the books I picked up as a bit of a resource to use to have on my shelf when I'm designing learning and want some more creative ideas or things is to have a look at how art students are given assignments in order to stretch their brains. I really like the layout so it's very very short and snappy each assignment is only a couple of pages there's lots of photos and images which again is what I, I like in a kind of a book about um well about art or creativity of course and the other thing I liked about it is that the the ideas are really practical so whilst they are used for art schools or design schools they're the things that are most of the things you could 
absolutely bring into a more kind of work environment in a safe place in a safe way that won't completely freak people out because as soon as you try and start to bring kind of art or creativity into a room or a group often people oh no I can't I can't which kind of comes back to some of the ideas from the previous book I guess but this these are definitely done in a way that many many of them you could use in multiple different scenarios and it's just a fun book it's a fun looking book and it's a fun content book too so I gave this one four stars look I didn't read this one cover to cover it was more one that I was flicking through and thinking yes I would definitely use this as part of my repertoire of of facilitation and workshopy learningy tools so that was wicked arts assignments has multiple authors but it's got a bright yellow and purple cover so you won't miss that one if you look it up and then fourth and final book which was the audiobook that I listened to last month was I'm glad my mum died by Jeanette McCurdy it's I gave this one four and a half stars because I loved it the book is all about Jeanette's life growing up. Her, so Jeanette is an actor or actually a retired actor now. And she was in a number of kids TV programs in the late 90s, early 2000s. And that was the thing she was most known for is the her role in iCarly as the, one of the main characters there. The, the story is pretty brutal, but the, uh, I suppose the, saddest thing about it other than all the things that happened to Jeanette was the fact that it took her until she was an adult really to realize how awful her mum's treatment of her had been as a child and as a teenager and how her mum was really responsible for a lot of Jeanette's mental health physical health and emotional health problems that she was struggling with in particular her pretty extreme eating disorder so this book absolutely has all of the trigger warnings all over it uh, so if those things are things that are problematic to you, maybe this book is not maybe for you. But if you if that's not the case, then it is incredibly well written, very emotional and just just yeah, really hard to describe, actually, this one. And it's really hard to describe why you why you would enjoy a book like this. But it's so well told, so well written and so well performed as well. And to be honest, just very eye-opening and also hopeful, I suppose, because of the things that Jeanette has been able to do in order to move through some of the challenges, but some of the things that she still struggles with today as well. So it's a very brave book. Jeanette is also speaking as part of the upcoming Sydney Opera House 50 series of events that are happening. So if you're in Sydney, I recommend checking that out. There's also a virtual version of that too. So if you can't get to Sydney or you're not in Australia, then you should check that out because it might be worth a listen. I'd be interested to hear some interviews with her around this book. It's been hugely popular and it's yeah, so it clearly really struck a chord with many, many people. So that was I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. All right, that was it. That's my four books from February. So those books were Empire of Pain by Patrick Radden Keefe, Applied Creativity by Christopher Sellers, Wicked Arts Assignments, and then I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. If you have read anything good in the last month or so, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on LinkedIn, Steph Clark, Steph with a PH Clark with an E on the end, and on Instagram at Steph's Biz Bookshelf. Links as usual in the show notes. Drop me a note, love to talk books and hear what you would recommend too. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.